Welcome to the $100 MBA show because an investment in you is an investment in your business. That's why we deliver daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of Webinar Ninja, an independent software company I started with my partner and life partner in business, Nicole, back in 2014. And in today's lesson, you will learn how much power does your customers have over your business? This is an important question. As an independent entrepreneur, you need to make sure that you have the ultimate leverage over the trajectory, the growth, the sustainability of your business. Sometimes people build businesses where they give up their own autonomy, their own power to their customers, where their customers' actions can dictate the future of the business. This is not a good place to be in. In today's episode, I wanna share with you some insights that I've learned along the way in the years I've been in business. Insights from people like Jason Fried from Basecamp, Chris Savage from Wistia, and even things I pulled out of biographies, things I've learned from Steve Jobs or Ben Horowitz, or interviews with Sarah Blakely from Spanx. All these entrepreneurs have warned us about this. And I wanna show you the signs that your business might be giving too much power to your customers and how to reclaim that power so you're in full control of the trajectory of your business, of the growth, of the ability to run the business you wanna run. So let's get into it, let's get down to business. Support for today's show comes from Start Your First Online Business, my all new 10-part audio course on Himalaya Learning. This is a course that's gonna get you from zero to one, that's gonna get you from thinking about your business to actually launching that business, getting it out of your head and into the real world. We cover things like validating your idea, creating your first product, pricing it, marketing it, financing your business, even creating your business website and more. Check it out at Himalaya.com slash MBA and use code MBA to get a 14-day free trial. Again, that's Himalaya.com slash MBA, promo code MBA. I want to begin by saying, how can a customer actually have so much power over your business? Well, whether you're a product or service, once you rely on a customer or a group of customers for the sustainability of your business, they have power over you. Now, that might sound like, wow, Omar, of course, people need customers to run a business, right? To be able to fund the business, to bring in revenue. This is true, but there are ways to do this without risking the company. Let me give you some examples. There are some services, there are some software products out there, there's some physical products out there where their whole business might depend on a handful of customers. Maybe there are three or four or five customers that make up maybe 70 to 80% of all their business. These are called big accounts, customers that really bring in a lot of revenue. Some companies have three or four big accounts and about 3,000 small accounts, but those three or four big accounts bring in 80% of the revenue. Now that sounds like, wow, awesome, big accounts, right? But what if those three or four businesses leave? They cancel their service, they cancel their subscription. Just one of those businesses leaving can dramatically uh, affect your cash flow. But what if all three or all four of those businesses leave? 80% of your revenue is gone. These customers have a lot of power. 
And what happens now is that because you have so much value invested in those companies, in those uh, customers, I should say, that are paying you 80% of all your salary, these are just you know numbers that I'm giving as example, and because you have so much invested in these customers that uh, make so much of your revenue, Whatever they say, whatever they ask for, you have to say yes. You have to please them. You have to change your product. You have to change your service. You have to figure out a way to make it happen because you don't want them to leave. Now you're held hostage. This is one of the reasons why uh, the CEO of Basecamp, Jason Fried, has said that at Basecamp, they only have one plan. It's $99 for every business. They don't modify the service or the software for anybody. And that's why they say they rather have 100,000 customers pay them $99 a month than 99 customers paying them $100,000 a month. Why? Because if you have 100,000 customers and 10 of them leave, 100 of them leave, your business is really not affected. You can get another 100 easily. The barrier of entry is very low. You're not changing and investing into your software or into your product or into your service to uh, you know, please these customers that have so much power over your revenue. This is why a lot of companies, a lot of services that charge a lot of money have long-term contracts. I can tell you this firsthand as a software business owner. Uh, all the big contracts that we have, all the big payments we have with vendors, with uh, you know Amazon, with anything that is charging us thousands of dollars a month, they don't just go month by month. No, they understand this concept. And even though we're a big customer, they want to mitigate the risk and they want to be have predictable income. So they lock us into a contract to say, hey, this is how much you're going to pay for every single month for the next 12 months. So they can know predictably, okay, this is how much we're going to get from this customer. One of the things I learned about Steve Jobs in his biography by Walter Isaacson is that he was hell-bent to have full control of the way the product is developed. He made sure he didn't owe the customer anything, that he can produce products he felt will solve problems that they're willing to pay for and have full autonomy over what the product actually is. He's also one of the people that has been known for not really listening to customer feedback. Now, a lot of people can agree or disagree with this, but Steve Jobs did not listen to customer feedback. He did not believe that customers actually knew what they wanted. He said they knew what they didn't want. He believed that Apple's job was to come up with the solutions. That's what an innovator does. And experts argue today that in the post-Steve Jobs Apple era, the products are just not as good because maybe they've listened to the customer too much. They've given them too much power. Now, this is up to for a debate, and we've talked about this before on the show, but this is another form of power the customer can have over you. Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, self-made, self-funded billionaire. She owns 100% of Spanx, and it's a multi-billion dollar company. Struggle and strived to get the company to be where it is today, but it took years for her to do that, but she was very, very animate to make sure she retained 100% of the company. She believed in the product and wanted to have full control from day one all the way till today. And she remained independent. She didn't let the department store dictate how her product was sold because she felt like they would not understand the value of her product. They're old school. Their mindset doesn't really innovate. And she dictated terms with department stores that worked for her, not in a position of weakness, not in a position of desperation. She said, hey, this is how it's going to work. This is what I need. This is what I want because this is what is best for my company. And she negotiated terms that work for her 
and for the longevity of the product and her overall success. So here's the question. You got to take a look at your company right now. Ask yourself, if I took 20% of all your customers and canceled their contracts, canceled their service, would your company still survive? Any 20%. If I can handpick any 20% of your company uh, uh, customers, is there any chance that your company can fold from one day to the next? If the answer is yes, you need to make some changes. That's too much of a risk. And by the way, 20% of your customers is a very low number. Things can change in the market, in the economy, in the global environment that can really, really change things quickly. And that 20% can easily be 50, 60, 70% of your customers. And it's hard to get big clients back. And maybe a better way for me to phrase it instead of 20% of your customers, maybe 20% of your customers is kind of hard to wrap your head around. Look at your revenue. How much of that revenue is predicated on how many customers? Which customers are bringing in most of the revenue? If you have a pretty even distribution, you're in good shape but you have to keep an eye on it, okay? It's easy for you to say yes to any client. Hey, can you change this? Can you do this? Because they're a big fish and you give that customer too much power. I got more on today's topic, but before that, let me give love to today's sponsor. Support for today's show comes from eBay. Now, a quick word from eBay about time. Time pieces to be exact. Rare watches, new watches, vintage watches. Each one has a history and there's no feeling quite like owning a storied, authentic timepiece. On eBay, you can scroll through a massive inventory of watches curated by serious sellers, and you don't have to settle for anything but exactly what you want. And now eBay's making it even easier to shop confidently, thanks to their authenticity guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt. Every watch over $2,000 is meticulously inspected by independent experts before they send it to you. Once it's authenticated, eBay ships it to you in just two days, free of charge. When you're ready to purchase something this personal or valuable, you need to know that everything checks out, and eBay does that for you. I used to waste a couple hundred dollars every single year on a new watch because it would break every year. You know what I'm talking about, those you know designer watches you'd get in a department store. And then one day my dad, who loves classic, authentic watches, pulled me aside and said, what are you doing, Omar? You're wasting your time, you're wasting your money every year on a new watch. Invest in a great timepiece and you won't regret it. And that was a really great piece of advice he gave me 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, I bought my Tissot. I invested. I love this watch. I get so many compliments on it. It looks brand new. It still ticks today like it's brand new. And it's one of the best investments I made. Find your dream timepiece at ebay.com slash authentic watches today. Again, that's ebay.com slash authentic watches for domestic sales only. To wrap up Teddy's lesson, I've always said this. All customers are not created equal. Some customers are fantastic. Some customers are going to cause you more problems than they're going to give you in terms of revenue. Some customers will have too much power over your revenue stream. And some customers will just think they can call the shots and tell you how to create your own products and services. This is your business. And essentially, it's your life. Okay, the things you're gonna have to deal with with dealing with customers is a part of your life. You get to make it the way you want to make it. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship. And when entrepreneurs lose sight of that, and believe me, I have in the past, okay, when you lose sight of that, you forget why you became an entrepreneur in the first place. We all do this for freedom, to do what we want, to do what we love for a living. Don't give that up so you can make another sale or score a big deal. 
Thanks so much for listening to The $100 MBA Show. If you love what you hear, smash that subscribe button or whatever you use to listen to podcasts so you get the next episode automatically. We're on every platform, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, of course. Hit subscribe right now. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. Here's a real life example. Over a decade ago, I had my own clothing line and I had one customer that used to buy thousands of dollars of inventory for me to sell in their own local store. Now, the rest of my customers were pretty much just direct to customer. I would sell to somebody who actually would buy the shirt to wear or as a gift. But this customer was buying thousands of dollars of inventory every single month. And they would spend hours with me on the phone, email, trying to get me to modify uh, my clothing line, modify the the products, even the packaging. And sometimes I would give in and I would say, oh, maybe I'll just change this up. It's a good client. They do order a lot of money. It's worth the effort. But the more I did it, the more the demands got bigger, the more headaches I had, the more time I was spending away from my business and my customers and my team and trying to please this one customer. Luckily, I started to realize that And I just started to say no. I said, no, we cannot make these changes. This is the way the product is. This is the way the packaging is. And I actually went back on some of the things I agreed to and say, you know what? I reviewed it, can't do it. The customer did get upset and the customer was a little bit disgruntled, but guess what? They loved our product so much, they didn't stop ordering. Don't be afraid to say no. Thanks so much for listening and I'll check you in tomorrow's episode Q&A Wednesday. I'll see you then. Take care.